Hey, what's up, everyone? This is an episode of Unverified Accounts for You. I don't think we've ever done like two in a row, but our previous episode, we did one on The Loneliest American. So, hey, here's one. I missed that one, though. Yes. Eliza, you you really wanted to be on it until you didn't. So, we missed you. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, this episode, we're talking about America's number one Netflix movie right now, apparently, <laughs> Love Heart, starring... According to Rotten Tomatoes, right? <laughs> yeah, starring Nina Dobrev and Jimmy O. Yang. Uh, I'm your host, Chris, here with Liza and Philip. What's hey. up? What's up? So glad the three of us are reunited again. Had a lot of fun in the last episode that we were together. What did we talk about? I just remember we had a good time. It was Dune. I... We talked about a bunch of movies. Yeah, yeah, I think we talked about a bunch of stuff. But Dune was definitely one of them. So, yeah, Love Heart uh, is the new hot christmas movie uh that's come out and we'll get to that soon but uh any topics you guys want to talk about i kind of want to talk about this uh, sexiest man alive announcement that came out i think today (laughs) or was it yesterday paul rudd who i think is a pretty decent choice all things considering because these choices are always remember that one time what was that uh blake shelton or was it (laughs) that that country singer one sure yeah was that last year i'm not sure the last year I know it's quite recent. I know he's one. People... I just don't know if it was recent. Yeah. But, you know, everybody loves Paul Rudd. So, I mean, what, mm-hmm. what do you guys think? How, how do you think they choose the uh, sexiest man alive every year? Like, what do you think? I thought criteria? it's a reader's choice poll. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sure it's 100% like publicists and agents jockeying, uh, trading. Oh, well, then favor. what is he promoting? Is there like an Ant Man movie coming out or something? Nope. I'm not sure. Maybe they were just thinking, um, well, who do I. I Wait a minute, didn't John Legend win last year? Which is ridiculous. I don't know one single straight woman who thinks John Legend is sexy, but <laughs> it's obviously not objective. Like, uh, Liza, you well, were I mean, saying... How, yeah, if it was objective, like, how is that shit? That's kind of weird, right? It's kind of fucked up. Like, like, well, I mean, I just symmetry. thought it was like, weird because I forgot that Paul Rudd even existed. <laughs> he hasn't been in like stuff I, recently. Yeah, like, if I, if I would think of something more relevant to 2021, I was like, well, Sexiest Man Alive would probably be more someone like, like Dev Patel or like an Oscar Isaac or like Harry Styles even. Yeah, Oscar Isaac for sure. Harry Styles for sure. Yeah. Oh, actually, so John Legend was uh, Sexiest Man Alive 2019. Michael B. Jordan was 2020. So I guess they were mm-hmm. like, okay, we need a white guy. We had two black guys in a row. So <laughs> I guess Dev Patel might be too ethnic as well. Oscar Isaac, uh, I mean, uh, people say he's like, what, Cuban or something? But Guatemalan. Yeah, I guess. I don't know if he'd count really. Uh, so they're like, okay, we need a white dude uh, who hasn't been charged with rape lately. And it's like, okay, Paul Rudd. Everyone loves Paul Rudd. Uh, safe choice. That's right. Did, did they talk about the runner-ups? Are there any runner-ups? Um, I'm not sure. I think every one of these issues, they'll have like the, the cover man. But then inside, they'll have a bunch of basically, uh, yeah, like a whole bunch of runners-up, like honorable it's mentions. Kinda like, it's kind of like their 50 most beautiful people issue. Oh, wait, actually, I might be getting it mixed up with that, actually. Do they still oh. do that anymore? I'm not sure. I think so. I'm yeah. sure they do. But then it's they, they I... have like someone gets the cover. Usually it's a woman. And then on the inside, it's like 50 different pages, like all these different profiles of people. It must be so hard these days. Like back in the day, you could just choose like the 50 hottest people. Now you got to be, okay, we got to have this representation from this group. We got to have like the plus size people. We got to have like <laughs> the racial groups. Uh, but they don't, they, don't do, they don't do that. No, they don't even just get to be honest. Like, they don't do that beyond just like, is he going to be white or black this year? That's all they do. No, I'm talking about the 50 most beautiful. 
Oh, that. Okay. Because yes. now you got to choose 50. Yeah. Yes. That one is definitely like, you know, there's landmines there for sure. Right. But oh. Sexiest Man Alive is like, you know, who is the hot guy of the moment? Who is the scepter to put up? Occasionally we'll sprinkle a black person in there. And there's right, like really. That's, that's what makes Paul Rudd con- like confusing to me, like of the moment. Yeah. That's what I'm, that's why I'm asking about like, what's the criteria? Is it about like them having starred and stuff recently? Have they like, did, had, did, was there, were they in the news recently? Is it just the feeling about like, we need a kind of like, you know, dopey, like dad bod-ish kind of like, you know, uh, everyday charm from Paul Rudd and not like a, you know, because of all the like Me Too stuff, we can't have someone who seems too sexy, possibly rapey. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it's about the feeling in the air of what's in the zeitgeist, an acceptable man to put on, to give this seemingly important title. Well, as I said, the last two guys were black, so they they needed a white guy, and Paul Rudd is by far the safest white guy. Like nobody hates Very Paul safe. Rudd, yeah. And I think it was a you know, a decent choice, all all things considered. Yeah, I like him. He's good. Have you ever seen that um that thing where that weird clip um where he's like using a computer? No. Okay, I, I'll I'll send it to you guys. I can't I can't give it. It's, okay. it's pretty funny. He does some funny shit like outside of his mainstream stuff. He's a He's a pretty jokey guy. And I did like him in like his, you know, in like Ant-Man and stuff too. So. Yeah. I mean, I tweeted this earlier today, but if you put him side by side with like Leonardo DiCaprio now, <laughs> I mean, just physically looking, I, I don't think there's any sane straight woman who would say that Leonardo DiCaprio is more attractive. And this is relevant because they were uh, playing rivals in the Baz Luhrmann, Romeo and Juliet. Romeo plus Romeo Juliet. plus Juliet. Yeah, Romeo plus Juliet. <laughs> and Paul Rudd played Paris. And I mean, I tweeted, I think, I think Paris won because, well, yeah, sure. He lost Juliet, but he's better off without that strumpet anyway. And he looks way better. Everyone likes him. Uh, A lot of people despise Leonardo DiCaprio now because he refuses to date anyone older than 25. Uh, So Paris won. (laughs) I have something to admit. I actually have never liked Paul Rudd. I I despise him. Really? Why? I don't know. He gets on my nerves. Yeah, Why, I like, actually really him? hate Paul Rudd. Like, I can't watch him. <laughs> you know, like, Clueless, when I was in high school, was so difficult for me to get through because I hated him so much. And mm. ever since then, it's been very difficult for me. Mm. Liza, you're, you're always talking about getting canceled. That's that's what's truly going to get you canceled. I'm a DiCaprio <laughs> fan. Yeah, see how he uh, stole Jeff Bezos' girlfriend at the, um, whatever that Gucci event was? What, what was that event? He looked like he wanted to get away from her. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, people read, read into that quite a bit, that little snapshot like, they had there. Chris, you, okay, I'm looking at your tweet right now. You really chose an unflattering picture of DiCaprio <laughs> where he's playing like a very um, unattractive person in his that role. Was the point. But like, I know that, but like the video that was recently posted at that party where Jeff Bezos and his girlfriend are talking to, to Leo, I think that Leo looks pretty good there, yeah, like does. in real life. Yeah. I would choose DiCaprio over Paul Rudd easily. Wow. Okay, I, like I, I think I think Leonardo DiCaprio has been on rapid downhill since probably mid two thousands. Like even The Departed, he was already kind of looking fat. And like, do you think uh, people take that whole like that meme around Leonardo DiCaprio having like you know girlfriends who age out at like twenty five or whatever? Do you think people take that seriously? Like has I mean, that affected it's his a known image? Fact. It's a known fact, but do you think it's hurt his image? Nah, not really. I don't know. I, it's, I don't. I don't think I mean, so. Like, like, well, what, people aren't going to go see or, or stop liking The Wolf of Wall Street because, I mean, he's not appealing nah. to just women. 
And I think the no, type but of- no, but this is this actually relates back to the sexiest man of, of the of the year. We're in all that, gonna like, watch it- the movie Don't Look Up when it comes out over Christmas, and we're all gonna watch Killers of the Flower Moon when that comes out. Yeah, he'll, he'll keep making movies, but you know, I'm talking about like going back to this idea that being a leading man, mm-hmm. you know, who's relevant in the moment. Do you think that sleaziness that comes from like his reputation for dating? women until they're like 29 and then they, he ditches them that that could have hurt his chances of becoming sexiest man of the year you know in the sense that like if they're trying to avoid you know rapey me too possibly kind of because people, that- I, I imagine that the readership of people magazine probably skews older and like you know it's probably like middle-aged housewives or something i don't know yeah, you're, you're picking up that shit at the in the like impulse bio by like shelf in the right? grocery the aisle, grocery yeah. checkout yeah mm-hmm. so I mean, yeah. I think firstly, Leonardo DiCaprio, it, it would probably hurt his image to get chosen as like sexy man. Alive. He's a, he's way too above that now. I mean, he's now chasing like Hollywood sure. legend status. He's got his Oscars. He's got his, uh, you know, immortal role. So now he's mm-hmm. at the stage where he, he's trying to be like Jack Nicholson status kind of thing. So he doesn't mm-hmm. care about what this crummy magazine says. And secondly, yeah, I it's think, too, it's too low for him. Yeah. And, and I think secondly, it, actually probably enhances his image in the sense that, yeah, he'll have his haters. Has then- he won it before? I mean, he's been in Hollywood for a good, like, 30 years now. Well, let's look Maybe even up. more than that, because he was a little kid on that show with um with Robin Thicke's dad. Oh, really? I don't, I don't know. He was a kid actor, yeah. What, what was it called again? With the Growing Pains or something? He was the oh, little yeah, brother? Oh, yeah, I, I think he was there, yeah. So, like... So I feel like he's one sexiest man alive at least once in his life already. Yeah, so he I'm looking this up. This. Uh, 2002, he won. Uh, let's see if he's a repeat winner. But anyway, as I say, I, I think if anything, kind of like enhances his image, uh, definitely among men. And I think some women might be kind of secretly into that in the sense that you, you like like hate and love can be very uh, intertwined sometimes. So you're like, oh, that that scumbag, you know. I don't but... love Paul Rudd. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. So maybe that. I should. Maybe it's it's too flattering for me to say that I hate Paul Rudd. Fine, I am indifferent oh, to Paul whoa. Rudd. I'm not a fan. Wait, wait, wait. I, I just I just saw that Paul Rudd won it in 2009 as well. Oh, he did. Yeah. Oh. So he's a repeat win- winner. Oh, okay. That's that's surprising. You would not think that Paul Rudd would have more titles than, say, John Hamm, who's only won it once, right? But we spent too much time talking about white guys winning winning this thing. So let's move on. <laughs> All right, let's uh, move on to a movie that I guess had very few white men. This is Love Hard, as we mentioned, and it's very popular, which. It's probably surprising just because Netflix puts out so much garbage. And at first glance, this looked like one of those garbage movies. And it, uh, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just say the premise before um, you guys tell me what you thought of the movie. And then we'll delve deeper. Uh, just to remind people, th- there will be a lot of spoilers. So, you know, go go watch it you, uh, stop, before. Uh, you might want to stop listening now and just watch <laughs> the movie and then come back. Yeah. But I guess there aren't, there aren't too, too, a ton of surprises. But, hey, well, you know, yeah, if you want to save relevant. the jokes yeah. and all that. Yeah. You can still enjoy it. But yeah, in this movie, uh, Natalie is the main character. She's played by Nina Dobrev. She is a magazine writer who is about 30-ish and just has bad luck with dating. She lives in LA. One day her friend suggests to her, hey, maybe you should expand your like uh, 
like that zone thing you have on dating apps. And so she goes all the way across the country in her search and matches with a guy named Josh. His profile picture looks like uh, Darren Barnett, who uh, is most well known as playing Paxton in uh, Never Have I Ever. And she really clicks with him. They like chat on the phone for what's is probably like many months, it seems. No, it's weeks. No, it's a few weeks. weeks. It's four oh, weeks. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, my mistake. And then it comes Christmas time and he lives all the way in Lake Placid, which is where? Is it on Minnesota? New I'm York. Sure. New York State. Oh, okay. Way, way off. Uh, so she decides to surprise him by going to his home uh, around Christmas time. And that's when she realizes that it's actually uh, Jimmy O. Yang who has used his friend's picture, or I guess ex-friend's picture, uh, just kind of out of desperation. And then he never really thought that anyone he matched with would actually come talk to him. And then uh, he says, he strikes a deal with her because he is friends uh, with that, with the Darren Barnett. The actual guy. Yeah. yeah. So he tells Natalie, I hope you get him if you pretend to be my girlfriend until Christmas because he lives with his parents and his parents are so happy that he's like finally found a girlfriend. And then, you know, hijinks happen and eventually they That's realize- the setup right there. Yeah, that's the setup. Uh, well, because so to, to shorten it, though, this is just another remake of the uh, Cyrano de Bergerac story. Right. What? Yeah. You got the, the ugly guy uh, mm-hmm. trying to help. Which has been done woman. many times. There's Roxanne, which is mm-hmm. uh, the oh. 80s movie. Then yeah. there's uh, we, we even potted about one like a year ago, the half of it, which is horrible. That movie has been oh, yeah. totally could, forgotten, right? I, I guess that's the same heard. premise. It's yeah, yeah, Cyrano yeah. de Bergerac. So, oh, yeah. so trivia, uh, they actually are doing a literal Cyrano de Bergerac remake that's coming out later on this year, and uh, Peter Dinklage will be playing Cyrano. Oh, shit. That, is Cyr- Cyrano's not like a dwarf in the story, though, right? He just has a huge nose. He has, yeah, he has, like, he's just, right. Yeah. He has a big nose in the... In, Oh, that's going to be very good. I mean, Peter Dinklage is a very good actor. And... Well, he's very sympathetic, too. Right, right. Yeah. So, yeah, what do you guys think of this movie? I mean, first of all, what were your ex- expectations going in? And then what was your thoughts on the movie? Um. So I had no idea going in. what I've never heard of it. Um, I didn't know what it was about. I didn't even know it was a Christmas romantic comedy. I didn't know... Uh, I, did, I, I didn't know anything about it. Um, you were the one. Chris said that we're potting about it, so I have to watch it. And then <laughs> I took one of those these edibles that Jess sent me. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then I um, when they started to kick in, I watched the movie. And like by the end of the movie, I was laughing and crying. Um, I found <laughs> that I, I accidentally ate an entire bag of Twix bite size. Oh, wow. But they're bite size, so it's okay. <laughs> it's like the equivalent of like 10 Twix though <laughs> you lose weight if you eat the, the main fun size mm-hmm. um, no when, when I, I like this is everything that I wanted from a Christmas rom-com mm-hmm. I had no expectations going in I was going in blind uh, I did know that it had a 49% on Rotten Tomatoes but like a so 98% like, audience rating yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's like in, in nine, yeah, well, it's ninety six now, but yeah, in, in the high nineties, as opposed to I mean, we were tracking the score at the same time as Eternals. Um, so yeah, so I had a feeling that it was going to be good because uh, just you know when it's forty nine percent critics and it's like ninety eight percent audience, mm-hmm. like sorry, I usually go with the audience. Count me in yeah. the ninety eight percent that really enjoyed this movie. 
And I feel like the way you watched it with the weed and the chocolate was like a perfect way. It's because this is like an indulgent, stupid movie, right? You know, we're not talking about some Oscar winning shit here. It's just like you want to no, watch. No, this isn't prestige filmmaking. I, I don't know that this movie here has been pretty dry. I would not. What if this was nominated for an Oscar? What if you like expanded to like, I don't know, what's that, like 20 nominees now? I could see Love Hearts. <laughs> Chris, uh, you forgot to mention the title. Of what? It's called well, so it's called Love Hard because it's a play on Love Actually and Die Hard. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh it's yeah, like, yeah. Um, it's like the running joke throughout the movie, like which is the bet, which is the greatest Christmas movie of all time. It's is it Love Actually or is it Die Hard? So it's, yeah, they made I, actually, it. Actually, I, I want to ask you guys. I mean, a quick uh, little diversion. What is the best Christmas movie of all time in your guys' opinions? Quick hitters. I think it's the uh, the um, stop motion animation Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer movie. Okay. Definitely, Liza? definitely. Oh, you agree? You know what that is? I thought it was like a Canadian thing. No, no it's Rudolph. Rudolph? Okay. Rudolph? No, we have that on Blu-ray. We watch that like every year. Excellent. It's good. Um, okay, it's so here we go. Gremlins, Scrooged, Die Hard, Home mm. Alone 2. No, one. Mm-mm, one. Two. Um, <laughs> a Christmas Story. I kind of have too many to name because it's one of my favorite subgenres, the, like the Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Christmas, like, Christmas action adventure, Christmas rom com, Christmas, mm-hmm. Christmas horror, <laughs> mm, yeah, like Black Christmas, right? That's a, uh, that's a real or movie, like, right? Or like, um, like that. God, I remember what's the, what's the what's the evil Santa one? It's not bad Santa, right? <laughs> no, I do, I do like that movie though. That episode know, of uh, Futurama with that evil Santa. No, no, yeah. no, 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 never. I I can't think of it off the top of my head right now. Rudolph, yeah. though, I think Rudolph has to be up there rudolph and christmas yeah, it's story really up good. there it's really good yeah i mean i would say metropolitan the apartment home alone one and uh, tokyo godfathers with uh special mention to jingle all the way this i tweeted earlier today as well i love oh, jingle I like, all the way i like jingle all the way people loathe that movie i think now people kind of like it because it's like it's arnold being stupid but i remember when it came out people just loathed it they were <laughs> like this is just so crass it's all about commercialism and everything but i thought it was a very funny critique of how people go insane uh you know trying to go shopping and all mm-hmm. that and what about this. elf isn't that up there too I, i've never seen it to be honest i know i heard it's very good but i've just never seen it oh that's yeah. a it's a classic mm-hmm. i do also have to watch the uh, original miracle on 34th street and uh, meet me in st louis uh some uh, twitter friend oh of mine i forgot about those that. two i like those two movies mm-hmm. yeah so i definitely have to watch those this year. All right, so getting back to Love Hard. Philip, did you did you tell me what you thought of the movie and what your expectations were? You know, we talked about the movie and like just like around the promotion of it, I think on a on a pod that you and I did, Chris, several weeks back, like when the trailer came out. And I, I saw the trailer and I had all these opinions about it. You know, I, I um, expected it to just be a pretty standard, stupid rom-com with a very predictable plot, which it was. Um, and I, I also thought about how I, I felt like Asian men in particular would be pissed about the movie at large because like Jimmy plays a dweeb and he's going to like what reinforce stereotypes or whatever. Um, but I also, you know, when I, when I saw the trailer, I felt like it was going to get undone by the fact that like Harry Shum Jr. is in it and he's like the hot, the hot brother and he has a hot girlfriend, um, who's white and, uh, Darren Barnett, if you count him as Hapa, you know, there's positive mm, representation there as well. I don't think well. he counts. Because he's, he's just so white. No, no, he's just so white looking. He's only he a quarter Asian. Yes. yes. Yeah. So um, he's only a quarter Asian, and I draw the line at one half. Yeah, he's supposed to be half in the movie, but 
in reality, he's not right. He's like I, we looked it up. He's his mom is Swedish Japanese and his dad is German Cherokee. Yeah, it's probably that Elizabeth Warren Cherokee. Uh, in there, so. <laughs> yeah, um, but but I like I like the movie. I like the movie. The thing is, I got I got shit from my wife because we we watched it uh, I guess last week, uh-huh. and she was like, "Wait, is this a Christmas movie?" And I thought I forgot it was a Christmas movie. And she just feels like the first week of November is just like way too early. You know how like it right after Halloween, after Halloween, yeah. like they change all the fucking like all the decorations go up in malls and shit. Like that kind of feeling of like. I don't Did you know that in the music. Philippines they put up Christmas decorations and start sell like they start playing Christmas music on the radio on September first? Oh my god, that sounds so <laughs> Filipino. It is so <laughs> Filipino. That's why like. Like Josh's family in the in the movie, how Christmassy they are, like with the yeah. happy birthday Jesus sweater and like the caroling and the gingerbread houses and like they're totally like they're so into it. That sweater was joke, so I would totally wear that to an ugly sweater party. That would be super fun. Filipino, I, I know like somewhere out there there is like a Filipino mom or a Filipino aunt that is unironically wearing that sweater. <laughs> like their yeah. family is so Filipino. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, like yeah, as I was watching it, I was like, wait a minute, I'm watching a Christmas movie, mm-hmm. and it's not even the middle of November. But then again, uh, remember how like Love Actually actually starts like eight weeks before Christmas, which is so it's like yes, this time. it does. Mm. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't like that movie, but I, I, every time I catch it, I, it always like when I see it, it's usually you know if I'm just like seeing it and passing on someone else's TV, it's usually like deep into December. I'm like, wait a minute, this movie actually starts way back in november so anyway. i feel like part of it is because um like the philippines and the uk they don't have like they don't have um a hard start to it the way the u.s does with thanksgiving I, yeah it makes sense you know because like thanksgiving to christmas you know that whole um that fake consumer you know that the, the two holidays that sandwich like the, the the shopping season, I mean like Black Friday and stuff, like all that. Yeah, I mean yeah. Thanksgiving is only in November in the states because they needed to hurry up and like sell stuff. <laughs> they need to create like a, a fake shopping season. So wait, really? Thanksgiving, his- yes, Thanksgiving. So like they that's, deci- black, that's, so like, that's black. One Friday, of the presidents. One of the pres. No, one of the presidents decided to stick. Thanksgiving in at the end of November to create like a, a shopping spending season, and then it goes all the way until New Year's. What the fuck? So that's basically, so, Thanksgiving so to Christmas, yeah, is it's considered like Christmas season, but like, but if you think about it, it's like why the fuck is Thanksgiving at the end of November? I thought it just had to do some like pilgrim thing, like some like post harvest celebration uh, or something. Like yeah, but that's, that's all. Like that's all. To, so the, like the original Thanksgiving, um, if you believe in that, was supposed to be in like sep- mid like mid September or October, like in Canada. I mean, that makes, it makes more, more sense. sense. That's the harvest time, right? Right. Yeah. But yeah. they they moved it. They moved wow. it. And then Black Friday, Cyber Monday, on top of that, totally. It probably you know. had to be. I, I'm assuming this was like some post depression. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I can see that. Just to like, you know, to like stir up the economy. (laughs) That is fucked up. Yeah. To rev it up. Well, you're talking about Black Friday, right? Not Thanksgiving because like... Thanksgiving and Black Friday go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. Right, but uh, but, like it wasn't like Thanksgiving was invented during the Depression, right? Well, no, but Thanksgiving, moving Thanksgiving to the end of November so that they can have a Black Friday. Like everyone gets the four-day weekend. Like that's not even 100 years old? No. Wow. Crazy. Wikipedia Jeez. it. 
yeah, I trust sure. you. Yeah. I trust you. <laughs> you're you're the American here, so yeah, it's not my country. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I forgot that you got. Okay. Yeah. Well, well that's crazy. Oh man, well, what a what a what a so, scam. Yes, it is. <laughs> I wonder if that's in part why why like my you know my wife I said reacted you know so. She reacted really poorly to the fact we were watching a Christmas movie in November. And that's I think what I was responding in, to. Is that yeah. is that it's like Americans don't start celebrating Christmas until Thanksgiving only because we were told to start celebrating okay. Thanksgiving like Christmas after Thanksgiving. So you're so saying even literally you, the early. day after Thanksgiving is the Christmas season for Americans because they want us to go shopping. Yeah. But like if you think about everybody else in the world, like the Philippines, they start on September first. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I do think it's a little bit psychotic. I'm I'm very proud of it, and I enjoy it. I do <laughs> I do think that September first is a bit soon, but you know, like they don't have they don't have like a designated shopping season the way the states does. That maybe, maybe maybe being really high while watching it like helped you get over the outrage of like hearing Christmas jingles in early November. Okay, so it says in 1939, FDR moved the Thanksgiving holiday one week earlier than normal. What? Believing that doing so would help bolster retail sales. Well, wait, does that mean Thanksgiving was in December before then? That like makes the- even less sense to move it earlier. Like, I thought that Thanksgiving, the original Thanksgiving story, took place in like September. Oh. What are you harvesting in December? I mean, who knows? But <laughs> anyway, let's get back to the movie. Uh, yeah, I, I had very low expectations going in, but the uh, idea I found very intriguing because they're treading on this thing that has to do with you know race and dating apps and who which races do better than others which is still considered a touchy and taboo subject but this movie was just like foolishly it seemed heading straight into that so I, I was ready for this movie to be a catastrophe but a very interesting catastrophe um i i enjoyed it uh it was it was a you know there were times when i would like pause it and, and go on my phone for a little bit so it wasn't the most captivating movie but it definitely wasn't the uh, offensive, you know, shit that it could have been. In fact, mm-hmm. I was just like looking up these like Asian American Reddit spaces. It seemed to uh, the, the Asian guys seem to actually really like it, and I think it's because like Jimmy O Yang is really funny. I've seen mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, his stuff, you know, stand up, and I, th- I think it's a diff- He's a different sort than say a Ken Jong because I think I think what people hate about Ken Jong is that. Ken Jong's like for one thing, he he's older, he's married, he he's you know he's like middle age, and and it, it, you get you get the sense that he doesn't quite realize what he's doing to like the younger generation, and he's doing well because he was just this like dorky doctor, but now he gets invited to like Hollywood parties, so of course uh, he's gonna see all this as a as a good thing. Whereas Jimmy O Yang, if you uh, see his uh, interviews, uh, we we saw. The, the podcast he did with Dumbfounded, he was on Rogan talking about why he uh, got so pissed off at being offered the the role of William Hung mm-hmm. in a biopic. And you get the sense that he's of the age, he's of the generation that really understands this. And yeah, he's not uh, Harry Shum Jr., but still, it's like there are a lot of Jimmy O. Yang types out there and they deserve to at least be respected and not be totally invisible or always be the butt of jokes so he, yeah he gets to he gets to you know be in the spotlight here i think yeah. he has an interesting charisma oh he's definitely has totally. a charisma that, that's why he's funny it's like his mm-hmm. delivery is good he's he's a very just yeah he's just 
he he's got a bit of swagger too. Like yeah, you notice it in the movie. Yeah. Like after his like you know embarrassment moment when he gets caught uh, by <laughs> by um, Natalie or whatever in the movie. The next time you see him, he he's already got a, a bit of a chip on his shoulder, right? Where he's like, okay, well, you know, we're in a situation together. We're gonna try to make it work and stuff. And you know, he he he's he's very jokey and like you know takes things lightly and so on. So it it plays really well in this movie, like the fact that he's not just a dweeb and is actually a very funny, well-rounded guy who has a bit of confidence. Yeah, so, and has I think more that's big... confidence than she has actually. Yeah, he's way yeah, more. Of... I mean, except for his stu- like, except for his little hang-up about like his dating profile. profile. Yeah, yeah. He's actually pretty well adjusted. Yeah, he is very well adjusted. I think that's part of why Asian guys end up liking him in the movie, and because he wasn't, you know, he d- didn't come off as just like a complete sad sack who had to be saved by mm-hmm. this white woman, right? He kind of mm-hmm. had something going for him, and she maybe helped him bring it out as part of the plot. Yeah. Uh, well, what do you guys think of the Natalie character? She's fine. She's okay. The most telling thing about her is that she she says that her favorite Christmas movie is Die Hard. And I think that that opinion is like a meme at this point. Like people saying, oh, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Like that's a clever thing I came up with. It's it's a very basic bitch thing to <laughs> to say or think, you know? And so it, it it's a good representation of her just being like a, you know, every woman almost right who's like a little bit aware like internet aware you know a little bit savvy in that way she's but otherwise very online she, yeah she just represents like a, a yeah just an online millennial you know mm-hmm. in preparation for this pod i was just looking up some interviews that the cast members did <laughs> the actual nina dober's favorite christmas movie is funnily enough love actually <laughs> okay what is she from i've never seen her before she reminds me of jennifer love hewitt uh she um, she actually reminds me of um, what, I, I forget her. She name, looks like she... if Jennifer Love Hewitt and Carrie Mulligan, like if they <laughs> had a had a baby together. Do you guys remember that? Sh- I never watched it, but there was a show called Roswell. Do you remember that show? Yeah, I know that show. Yeah, she's yeah, in the, that. The, the the act. There was an actress in there. Um, Kristen Crook or whatever her name is. No, the no, no that's uh, that's Smallville. That's Smallville. Oh, um, I don't. But uh, she was also actually in a couple episodes of Girls, but um, they, like she's, Brunette, the um, she's Canadian apparently. Oh, Sherry Appleby. Uh, I, I think she kind of looks like her, but that's not someone that famous. But it's so mm-hmm. you wouldn't know. But yeah, so the, so the real the real Natalie is actually a big fan of Love Actually. I yeah, I thought she, <laughs> I thought she was fine. Um, I just found it really funny that there there's certain things about the movie because like the movie is obviously trying to be very of the times. And mm-hmm. very contemporary with the you know catfishing and the dating apps and all these like yeah like the references to Die Hard. I, also the the fact that Natalie loads the song "Baby It's Cold Outside," mm-hmm. which is a, a very kind of online thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's I, she's, I, a, sure. she's yeah. a very mainline like white liberal feminist, right? In, in some right. of her beliefs. Uh, but there's certain things about the movie that that is very kind of out of date. For one thing, she like works as a like a dating columnist for uh some kind of online magazine. It's very Sex in the City. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. and that where was... she only she writes a column and she writes like one article a week, yeah. <laughs> and then and that, she has like, like she lives. Life, yeah. yeah, she has like her own place in West Hollywood. <laughs> right, right. You got you guys ever seen the movie Trainwreck with uh, Amy Schumer? Yeah. Okay, so you know how there she's also uh, a magazine writer, but I think in that movie, and this came on what 2014, 2015. I, I think, think that that movie's so funny. Right, right, I like that movie too. Uh, but in that movie, I think the fact that she was like a Carrie Bradshaw like columnist was an inside joke about uh, mm-hmm. you know, rom coms are stupid. This, I think, was 
kind of played straight where, yeah, it is possible in the year 2021 <laughs> to work at this. I, th- I think that magazine was supposed to be kind of a mix between like early BuzzFeed and, you know, like a... Was it a magazine or a newspaper? What was it? Was it was a website. It's a website. It was a website. Like so a like a Gawker kind of it's thing? It's Gawker, like BuzzFeed, BuzzFeed, Refinery29. Um, okay. You know, that kind of thing. Well, then possibly. I don't know. I mean, would it be a fun movie if she had to moonlight, like driving for Uber or something? That wouldn't be fun. Yeah, probably, might be a little too depressing. It's a um, Christmas romantic comedy. But- Come on. Nothing is unrealistic. Everything is possible. But actually, Liza, remember that uh, airport worker had to moonlight as a Uber driver. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. It acknowledges that. Yeah, uh, so. yeah it does have that gig economy job. <laughs> yeah, so I, I guess the the heroine is protected in this economic bubble where you can have a nice middle class lifestyle as a once a week dating. Uh, I mean, she also wore murder. a mini skirt and high heels. Oh yeah, that was on, hilarious. <laughs> on a um, you know. Uh, a cross-country flight, and she also got that flight, like, you know, to at the holidays, cross-country. You know, right, no big right. deal. There were no sold-out flights, and nothing was, like, too high of a price. Yeah, I kind yeah. of ignored the whole pandemic let's, thing. Let's just ignore the, yeah, let's ignore the entire thing and just go just go with it. Just Which is, it. like, fine. You don't need to make it a fucking plot point, right? But it, it just, you know, it comes off as a little bit weird these days. Honestly, I think it's better if they just ignore it. I've seen the new yeah. Gossip Girl where they do kind of acknowledge it, and it's so weird because they're they're saying, "Oh yeah, we haven't been in school for like a year," but then they never mention it again. Life is totally back to normal. It's like it's probably better you just pretend it didn't happen. Yeah, and it's supposed it's a it's a it's in the escapism genre, you know, set to genres, right? Like it's fine for it to just not acknowledge it. So. I also thought it was really weird how she would. Oh, I guess she was trying to surprise him, so that would make sense. Yeah, because right. if they were if they were meeting up, like, why not just meet at a, a coffee shop? Like, why would you meet at that guy's house? That's just that is probably not going to end well. How did he get her? How did how did she get his address? That was uh, one of the plot holes. I was like, what the fuck? Okay. Oh, anyway, yeah, I, not I thought important. I I, not I just important. hadn't paid enough attention, but that is true. Yeah. Maybe he. Maybe she asked it. No, no, she asked that uh, the Uber driver, didn't she? No. No, she told him the address right, and he said, right. oh, he the Lynn it. residence. Right, okay, yeah. yeah. No, yeah good point. He said, and then he said, say hi to Josh for me. Yeah. Another thing that was a little weird was how, I guess they never video chatted. Um, some people Right, so this is why up. the pandemic thing came up. I asked you, Chris, because you're the one who actually does the stuff. Was video chatting with online dating a thing before the pandemic? I, no, I it wasn't, because right? Gener- like, but I think... If you were doing like cross-country dating, then I think yes. Okay. The, the thing about the, the the pandemic was people who like live in the same city, even maybe in the same neighborhood, were doing it because they couldn't meet up in real life. Yeah. But you know, if you were in a long-distance relationship, like I was, like over five years ago, yeah, video chatting was totally normal, and you would think they would do that at least once because you know, just talking on the phone can be somewhat impersonal compared to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then the movie would end right there. Yeah, the movie would end right yeah. there. So it's one of those things yeah. that just don't matter. And also, like they, you know, they were talking for two weeks before she came over, so it's kind of believable. If it was like months, and it's like, okay, well, that's kind of fucked up. Man, it was only two so. weeks. That is really. I thought fast. you said it was four weeks. Even four weeks. It was. Weeks two, really it was I believe it was two weeks. It was two weeks. So at the end of the movie, he just says he set up his profile four weeks ago. Uh, I guess so. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Philip, you said something about how. Okay, so there, there's a scene where Natalie is gushing about this guy, Josh, to her best friend. 
and and her her best friend's like listing off why this guy's so perfect. He's like he's hot, he's outdoorsy, uh, whatever. And then she says like he's Asian American, and mm-hmm. she says that like it's a positive thing. Yeah, so, I don't remember if it was if it was Natalie or her friend listing off these qualities. I've never but, heard yeah. anyone but, but, describe anyone as Asian American before. Yeah, that was weird, <laughs> right? That was one thing that was weird. But the other thing that, was, that struck me was that like it was described in a list of positive traits, right? And I guess they mean from the perspective of like, I don't know, maybe like low key it's woke to date someone who's Asian American or to date someone who's not white. Maybe that was what they, they meant. But it was the first time I think I've ever heard that aspect of a of a man being Asian as treated as like, you know, a list of something you would put on a list of attractive features, which stood out to me. But then I also thought, okay, wait a second, right? <laughs> like they're saying this when they're, when they're looking at a picture of Darren Barnett, who's like half a, and like very white passing. Quapa. Not Quapa. even. He's actually Quapa. Not yes, but even. The, yeah. In the movie, he's Hapa. Um, what is Quapa? Just, like, is it Quapa or is he white? Like, well, Quapa is someone who's a quarter Asian. I know what it means, but okay. it's like, come on, does quarter Asian count? I guess it, it kind of depends on how you look. And Darren Barnett looks 100% white. He looks white. <laughs> Call me cynical, but the way I took her to mean is that, hey, you're dating this white dude, uh, but he's technically a man of color by i guess the loosest standards possible therefore you know you, you're not gonna call you're not gonna get called like an ava braun type so hey you get the best of both worlds you get to date someone <laughs> who looks white but you're gonna get you're gonna get the the status boost of being an enlightened modern white woman who i guess is open to all races I, that's kind of why i took it but yeah might, you, you get you get a few on. woke points right like and i don't think it was even alluding to the idea that like asian men are historically emasculated and therefore you're doing them a favor or whatever or being extra woke it was just listing it as like this is a positive thing they are a person of color yeah. you know not mm-hmm. just a bland white guy like that was kind of what they were implying mm-hmm. um and, and again it, it struck me because it was like i've never heard that you know, put out as a positive thing before, right? It just doesn't come up. Um, but again, then you balance it off with the fact that he looks white as hell. <laughs> so yeah, maybe not relevant. I don't know. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, let's get to the point where, okay, so Natalie comes to the Lynn household and sees the mom who is white. I, I, look, why did they have to make the stepmom white? Is, is it like because since she's the first person she sees if she were Asian, she might think. Um, I think that it would. Yeah, I think that if it was an Asian mom that opened the door, I feel like, I feel like Natalie's character wouldn't would might be a little bit tipped off. Like she would be like, "Oh, am I at the right house?" But then the dad could be white, right? Yeah, but the dad's there. But she meets the mom first. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like the slow reveal, right? They had to put out the characters. Yeah, the, I, I feel like it was just to postpone the whole, the whole surprise. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and she saw his picture, like she should know that he's he's half at least, right? So it's not yeah. surprising. Oh, she's like and and she also moronic. knows that she that his parents are his biological parents are divorced, and she has a stepmom. So like all of that's not weird, and they don't really address the race thing really much at all at that point, right? So, um. Yeah, I, w- I wonder if it's because cause the dad is played by James Saito, who played the dad in um, Always Be My Maybe. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, he's he's just like a really fun actor. Maybe they mm-hmm. were like, okay, we gotta we gotta have one white parent for that plot reason. We like James. Uh, we want to cast him, so I guess the mom has to be white. Maybe maybe it was just a, a situation like that. But okay, so she comes and she's really excited to meet 
uh, Josh, and she's expecting to see Darren Barnett, but uh-oh, it's Jimmy O. Yang. And, you know, this this is the part where it, the movie could have just gotten into really uh, like uncomfortable territory where it's like, it's the beast, and the beast looks like this average Asian dude. <laughs> Yeah, there is that slow the, pan from him walking yeah. into the room wearing maybe similar clothing to to Josh, right? Or sorry, to to uh, the the actual Darren Burnett character. And yeah, everyone in his, the town dresses the same. Yeah, and then you see his face, and it that's mm-hmm. like the punchline. And that yeah. was, I think, that was the moment that like maybe Asian guys who saw the trailer were afraid of was that like we are now once again reduced to a punchline, you know? Yeah. Um, and and there was that moment. I think for me, I felt just like, oh god, yeah, they're doing this thing. And then after that, you know, I think Jimmy O. Yang result, like absolves the whole thing, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, big reveal. Yeah, I recently read this article. It was on Slate. It was by this woman. She was talking about Shallow Hal, that movie that you know, the oh, Jack yeah. Black when like Jack Black movie. and <laughs> yeah, and she was talking about how, like you know, even like twenty years later, like the movie is like needlessly cruel to you know fat women, and even though the the message of the movie was supposed to be hey, you know, um, inner beauty is what matters. So, I mean, who knows what people will be saying about this movie 20 years from now, but I think it avoids that kind of meanness towards, you know, Asian dudes who, who look like Jimmy O. Yang because it, I, I think it, it it's not afraid to be real in the sense that, yeah, if you look like Jimmy O. Yang, uh, you're not going to have that much success on dating, especially if you live in goddamn Lake Placid and and all that. But, hey, that doesn't mean that you're not a an interesting cool guy who kind of like deserves his own movie yeah i think it i mean i think it, it avoids that because it, it kind of avoids the whole race question it hints it, at it almost entirely yeah. it hints at it a little bit but it's like it's like the reaction i had to the the uh harry shum jr movie we watched together chris yeah all, um, my, all life. my life i was like he could have just been i mean it's based on the true story and the guy actually is asian right but he could have been white and there would be no difference. Like it would affected the story in no way. In the same way that, like, I think originally this was written so that both the male and female leads were probably white, and it didn't matter, right? So, yeah, but like, uh, remember that part where you know she is storming out of the, his house, and Josh just says something like, "Oh, is it just because you've never dated a Chinese dude before?" And then she's like, "I dated a guy from Beijing, and he was amazing in bed." I thought that was they. I, I think they did that because. They had to show that it's she's not a racist and 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 she, they had to throw in the good and bad part which kind of came out of nowhere yeah that but was very was like, intentional right right it, and i think yeah. that was trying to inoculate the movie from being this uh you know whether it was on purpose or not just like very racist movie being like okay she's like fucked asian dudes before relax not not just any asian dude uh straight out of beijing like a uh, true yellow dude right and and, and uh and he had a, he had a nice dick apparently so <laughs> um yeah was it golden dick syndrome um <laughs> no but the, but that was it there's the, there's the the like slow pan to jimmy's face there's that moment and then there is that like retort from her about having dated asian guys before and then basically that whole question of asian male emasculation was not on the table at all in this movie right it's really not about that yeah i think um, from then on they're like okay we, we got that we dressed that elephant in the room yep. now it's just going to be a typical uh you know yeah, dorky guy hot yeah. girl type of rom-com and i and i think the fact that there is like a harry shump jr character once he came into the movie it really felt they play like, macho man when he walks in <laughs> oh did they oh did they i didn't even i didn't i did not notice that but i think his character was so important because at that point uh josh effectively stops being the asian guy 
because mm-hmm. there's another Asian guy there, so he just becomes a guy, or say like the kind of dorky guy, and his race becomes so much less important because yeah, the hot brother walked in. Yeah, the hot yeah. super douchey brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and he he uh, he, he wasn't addresses... that bad though. I mean, he was really like in a good way, like so insufferable. Like yeah, he was like, insufferable. Like, his... Why do you have to? Like you already know you've. You're like a winner compared to Josh. How do you have to always have every single moment? You know that kind of thing. Yeah, um, I, I think people should watch the that that um, clip we saw of him, Jimmy O Yang, on uh, the Joe Rogan podcast. Um, yeah, that was a really good clip. Yeah. The clip about uh, the 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 William Hung. Yeah, we'll thing, put right? it in the show notes. Yeah, we should, and because he he addresses this whole thing, and he also has this moment where he talks about how in Crazy Rich Asians he enjoyed being in that movie because. He just plays an asshole in that movie, yeah. and it's okay uh-huh. because there's so many other in that particular movie, so many other Asian characters who play all these other. F- yeah, he can just play the character and enjoy the character and, and have fun with the, it. Yeah, yeah. Instead of worrying about being that one person who who represents Asians to everybody who is not Asian who watches it, right? And I think you're you're 100 percent correct, Chris. Like the Harry Shum Jr. brother coming in, being the polar opposite in terms of like you know hotness from Jimmy, takes the edge off that whole like the responsibility off of. Uh, Jimmy O. Yang's character as like the the one Asian you know male rep, um, and there's thought, a dad as well, right? And there's also some other Asian characters too. Yeah, but, but that's but, too old. I mean, he's kind of like I understand, but but you just have just a having a guy. few more there helps, right? And, instead yeah. of just focusing it on one guy. So, yeah. I also thought Harry Shum Jr. had way more fun in this role than he did in All My Life, and I think it's because he didn't have to be yeah the the like you know like the good guy stud he was just a total jackass here and i could you know, he probably had felt way more free as an actor as well he also had mm-hmm. that uh that little like musical number moment too which like was a nice nod back <laughs> yeah, to his glee days right yeah, yeah. <laughs> the caroling. Really into that. yeah yeah super douchey caroling <laughs> was that jimmy o yang's actual singing voice can he sing yeah it is oh really interesting that was not bad him. Yeah, so there's this part where, uh, you know, the, I guess the Lynns go around caroling every Christmas and then uh, the, the, the so audience... They're so into it. Yeah. yeah, the audience asks for a, a duet. And then, of course, this is where the Owen, who's the Harry Shum Jr. character and his wife, are about to step in. And then um, previously, Natalie had advised Josh, hey, you know, next time your brother keeps hogging the spotlight, you know, take it back. So then Josh volunteers himself and Natalie to sing Baby It's Cold Outside, which is that song she loathes. But then... He like switches up the lyrics so that it's like woke. He now. tells woke. her to right. He tells her to just sing the girl's part, yeah. and then he improvises the guy's part to make it a lot mm-hmm. less rapey. Yeah, yeah, and and I think this is also the part where you can start, you know, kind of forgiving him for doing the catfishing. Which I thought there was going to be this plot point where he like didn't was like accidentally did it, but no, he did kind of mean to do it. And I think this is mm-hmm. where a lot of the negative reviews are coming from i think a lot of them are just like especially from women they're like what the fuck like this guy catfished her across the country and he gets rewarded with with like a with a hot girl like that's not fair um it's it's exactly the type of movie that uh female dating strategy would loathe because okay you got you got like a 30 something woman who seems to be having a, a great career uh, yet is unhappy because she can't find a man and is willing to, I guess, not risk everything. It's not like she quit her job. And in fact, she goes to Lake Placid as part of an assignment, but she, you know, kind of goes way out of her way to go after a man. This man is 30 years old, uh, lives in his parents' basement, works at his parents' <laughs> uh, shop. Uh, his dream is to become a candle maker. Uh, and, and he, like, is not hot, total low value male. 
And oh, he has that. Well, what do they want her to do? End up single at the end? Um, no, end yes. up with uh, what's his face, the hot guy. <laughs> oh, but then the hot guy is kind of a douche because uh, uh, yeah, what's yeah. his name? A tag. He's a hunter. He he kind of gives off self righteous vibe because yeah. he says, "Oh, Christmas is too commercial." And Die Hard's not a Christmas movie, you know. Like yeah, yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I so I mean I think this is actually the one place where. Um, the like the the fact that he's asian actually plays into a little bit right um because it's in the dating world it's kind of understood that it's harder for asian guys to to succeed than white guys and so the fact that he has that handicap like explains the catfishing it explains the motivation you know a little bit um and maybe that's why you know it it, the fact that he kind of redeems himself there makes it a a stronger a stronger story than just like a, a a dweeby white guy yeah, I mean, there's a part where he, I think uh, Natalie just straight up asked him, like, why did you use Tag's picture? And he says, yeah, I, I made a profile like sometime last year and I got like three matches, one of whom was his old <laughs> uh, uh, geriatric uh, English teacher from back in the day. And it's implied, you know, that race has something to do with it. But That's then, right. yeah. But then she says, then she goes through his pictures and they're all horrible and... The, the message is that if he just knew how to take a profile better, picture <laughs> and just be more confident, well, which I guess, yeah, yeah, better. Uh, yeah, things would solve. And it's like that is true, but also you know race does play a factor. So I, I think I think the movie, I guess, if it got too heavy-handed, it, it would come off as cringe. Uh, but it also I think wasn't quite willing to go into that kind of you know as an uncomfortable space where. You know what? You know Josh could be very um, confident and take great pictures, but you know th- there's a certain ceiling for guys like him. Yeah, and that's Especially I think that's just, why that's where the race bit like makes it like it, it makes a stronger message. And I kind of wonder like when you you know when you're describing your expectations, Chris, if you said you, you thought that they were going to go in like on this whole race question, if you expected that to be addressed around the whole I, I didn't think thing. so, but I think the fact that they even even kind of tangentially nicked it i think was interesting in and of itself yeah and that was this like that that whole conversation around why he catfished and the whole like having a better profile thing was that as close as they got to that conversation around like asian men and online dating or right. any um kind of minority well like maybe not certain minorities but i think most minority groups experience something like that yeah have people talked about the fact that despite like, you know, she's an attractive woman, she's uh, she's uh, successful in her career, that um, even she just lacks the confidence to be herself. Like she catfish tag by pretending to be like a meat eater, even though she's a vegetarian and then like being an outdoorsy, like rock climbing type. And she's totally not at all the sports type. Um. I think that is, I heard this one review, I think this was a positive review where they said it was empowering of the fact that it recognized that a lot of women do, even if you're as you know beautiful as Nina Dobrev, they feel so compelled to be, you know, to, to please a guy that, you know, they'll totally mm-hmm. just lie or shift Ad- adopt their personality. the personality yeah mm-hmm. right but in the end she realized that this isn't me um i i don't want to pretend to like 
Walden or eat steak. And I actually would prefer to be with Josh because mm-hmm. um, I can be more I, authentic I click with him better and I, yeah. I can be myself around him. Yeah. All the, all the dating messages all around were, were positive, I think. Right? Yeah, like, that's it too. In general. Um, and it, I mean, it ha- this is a fucking Christmas rom-com, so it, it generally has to be. But yeah, they address that issue. And I think maybe a lot of women would watch this and be like, yeah, I know, I know people where I have myself have done this thing where I've tried to um, you know, adopt the personality of a guy I liked. Um, and she, and it's very heavy handed here, right. In this movie, but it, it addresses that point. Um, one thing I think we should know, note is that there, there aren't any young Asian female characters. And I mean, you've got the grandma who's like the, the wacky Asian Where have grandma. we seen her before? I don't know. Um, if somebody wants to look it up while I talk, uh, we're more than welcome to, but I mean, you've got her, I guess you see, um, what tags mom for, for a few seconds, but I mean, you, you would imagine like Lake Placid, um, doesn't really have a lot of Asians in general, but I was just thinking like, if this were a movie where like the, the genders were swapped and, uh, you know, Josh was Jane and, um, Owen was Olivia and there were like no young Asian male characters, I mean, I, I would be like, what the fuck? Uh, so I'm, That's I'm, a lot of movies, though. That's why it's like, who cares if there's no young Asian women? We're in enough movies. I don't feel slighted. I mean, this, we're in uh, so many movies already. There's this thread on, on Asian, uh, our Asian American about how there's no Asian dads in Disney movies and TV shows. Um, I don't know if that's true or, or, or not. Uh, but... No, the, the thread was about how whenever there's a, like a Hapa family, uh, there is no representation where the, the dad is asian okay, i guess this, sure. this is this is a direct counterpoint to that but i think they were talking mm-hmm. about disney in, in particular and that is probably due to the fact that you know in these people's circles like this kind of like elite cultural circles are probably if you do see mixed race uh white and asian couples it's probably you know at least 75 percent of the time the, the mom is asian so it's probably them just um recreating what they see in their lives mm-hmm. so so then why did this movie end up with like a very unlikely bunch of relationships right like harry shum jr with a white girlfriend you know jimmy yang with a white girlfriend yeah yeah. No, i noticed that when they're having their like christmas uh together there's like three uh you know asian guys in in interracial couples with white women like th- this is mm-hmm. christmas for certain guys uh asian guys on reddit this is <laughs> So, right, maybe maybe that maybe that's a dumb reason why they all liked it, right? <laughs> because, and 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 so this it brings up this question. That's why I bring up the Disney thing. Is like, is it an issue of like corrective action? Like, did they did someone feel the need to like put in a bunch of Asian male white female relationships? Well, if like they did, woke, they did it really like, subtly so that we didn't they didn't make such a big deal out of it. They didn't make a big deal out of it, but so they did it in a very clever way. If they did. Yeah, maybe. And it, it, I, I don't know if that's like a good thing or not. In the same way that people have been pointing out that like now whenever Asian guys are represented and they are represented a lot more as of Crazy Rich Asians, it's always like hot guy topless, right? Like, and it feels like a very kind of blunt, strong arm corrective action to years and years of like Long Duck Dong and, you know, Jimmy O. Yang's character in Silicon Valley, you know what I mean? And, and Ken Jong, right? Um which I, I, I'm kind of torn about whether or not that's a good thing. If it makes for good entertainment, I think it's fine. <laughs> but like, it just feels very like a, like a stupid way to, to 
to address the issue. Or maybe a really smart one. I don't know. What do, what do well, you guys well, think? Well, maybe that's why the audiences like this movie so much because it is trying to, I don't know, give some dignity back to Asian guys without saying, well, you got to look like uh, like a K-pop star or something. It's like, no, you, you can yeah. be a Jimmy O. Yang and that, that doesn't mean you're worthless. You can still, you know, you're, you're, you're still a cool guy. Um, maybe that's why, uh, that's why even, even guys on like Asian identity seem to really like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Were you expecting them to hate it? Um, I can see white, like, like do, white do, do, do I was they, expecting them to hate it. Do those types not like Jimmy O. Yang or something? I think they're mixed on him because, as I said, he's not as bad as like a Ken Jong, but the fact is, he is still this like shrimpy dorky guy, and he and he really plays into like he doesn't have to cut his hair in that kind of like funny way, but he does it because you know I, I think it gives him a unique look and everything. Mm-hmm. So I think generally speaking, if you're a guy and you see a guy who is closer to you than some like paragon of you know like he has like six pack, he's like six foot three and you know chiseled face and all that. You sh- uh, you know you should root for the guy who's closer to you. Be like, oh yeah, if he can make it, then then I can mm-hmm. make it or something like that. But, but I, they're I think- not that smart, right? Like the Asian ID <laughs> crowd, that crowd. Oh, no, the calculus no, is really straightforward for them. The fact that the fact that he played like a weird dork on a very popular TV shows that a lot of people, especially women, would would see, pisses them off. That's that's all it is, right? The the calculus is very straightforward. Even though in reality, Jimmy O Yang, as we discussed in that various interviews and stuff very self-aware about representation, right? Very mm-hmm, self-aware about mm-hmm. like potential damage he can do. But also like he he has swagger. Like he himself, like some of his jokes about how he dates, like his joke about how he dates tall women because it makes him look successful, right? Yeah, I love that too. Um, yeah. And, you know, just uh, all the all the kind of humble bragging he's done in his stand-up about, you know, doing really well as uh, as despite being a five foot five, like dorky looking Asian guy. And you're, you're right, Chris, you're saying they should embrace that, but they don't. They just look no, at... No, but they do. That I'm saying they love this movie. But before this movie, I think they had a legit beef in the sense that why is it that in Hollywood, for Asian guys, and only for Asian guys, and I think this is kind of similar for black women as well, why is it that if you're kind of this freak, you seem to have a better shot at being successful rather than being more conventionally attractive? And I think they correctly saw that. It was because you're then perfectly set up to be the ass monkey of, of any movie or tv show that's right but if we had more love hearts i think it and plus you know we had like like shang chi we have stuff coming over from asia i think it's a different environment than even just a few years ago mm-hmm. if like love heart came out in 20 say 18 i think maybe people would have been madder because or like asian guys would have been madder but Why? you know things have changed quite a bit and even in the last three years so it's like okay we can we can afford to be i, I think this movie is a great example of just having a lot of Asian stuff that not everything has to be just like picture perfect. You know, you can, you know, you can be, you, you can now start exploring other more so-called like flawed aspects of ourselves. Yeah. I know what you mean. Like it, it's a stronger message to have a, a dorky, you know, male lead succeed with the attractive woman at the end than like a average looking or good looking male lead right succeed with the woman at the end because of course you would right um in this case you, you wouldn't expect that though it would have been really fucked up if the if in the end you know the obvious thing didn't happen and he didn't end up with her right but he does so all it'd be good. such a shitty romantic comedy if they didn't end up together yeah at it, the end. it wouldn't be yeah it wouldn't make That's any not sense, how right? romantic comedies are supposed <laughs> no. to work no 
And I, I and I expected that going in that it would just be a typical you know rom com and he would win in the end. And so I was like, I don't see why people would be pissed about the trailer or the movie that they haven't seen yet, right? Well, they, maybe they feared it would be condescending. Um, you know, because I, I, I haven't seen, but you know, in Sixteen Candles, the uh, the Long Dark Dawn character does end up with with a girlfriend. Um, yes, he does, and she's very tall, and she has huge boobs. Right. So, but it's like played off as a joke. So, I mean, yeah, it's that's a joke, what they were. Right? It's like, uh, yeah, it's, it's you know, very. Maybe different that's what they worried, or this. maybe he wouldn't. They would just be friends. You know, when they kiss at the end, I, I realize, hey. Um, Jimmy O'Yan gets more action in this movie than Chang Chi did in, in her, so he, Josh wins. <laughs> did, uh, I was going to ask you guys, did you, in that scene where they kissed, did you feel like there was any chemistry there? Did thought, you feel like it was they, earned? Um, yeah, I, I thought they, they made a, like, I, I don't know if I would necessarily believe they would get together, but I thought in the context of the movie, um, it wasn't, mm-hmm. I didn't think it was awkward or totally unbelievable. I guess now, but now is she is she now living there in Lake Placid? That would be quite unbelievable. I think. <laughs> I know. Um, there, there will probably not be a sequel. So I wouldn't. She's a city girl. I mean, she's like she wouldn't move out of L.A. for a bunch of like people who wear knitted caps twenty twenty four seven. Yeah, but it's also one of those movies where it's like you know she might go out there and she'll like discover the majestic beauty of upstate New York or you know. So it's 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 possible, but it's not relevant. I don't think. I mean, I guess it's going to interfere with her job. <laughs> What's she going to write about? That is, oh, damn, that is true. Damn, she, you know. She might as well leave LA and just move <laughs> to Lake Placid. Yeah, she got she got fired, basically, right? Like, by having a successful relationship, because her whole job is predicated on her having Always really a bridesmaid was the dates. title of her column, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe now she can write, like, a book about finally becoming a bride. She can, she can have a memoir. A nobody memoir that's all it's very popular these days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nobody memoir. <gasps> yeah, I mean, like, in terms of that, it, it, it's very kind. Remember when um, everyone was so optimistic about digital media? Like, this is going to be. It's going to th- democratize everything. <laughs> democratize everything. And now, even 22 year olds are going to be able to graduate and, and make a living writing about, writing think pieces about their favorite TV shows. And then uh, that went straight to hell. And yeah, now it's like I, I think that I think that a lot of people that are writing should not write at all. Right. <laughs> Film critics that graduated college in like 2009, mm-mm. Mm-hmm. they consider old movies like movies from the 90s. Oh uh, mm-hmm. yeah, classics. <laughs> There's so many. There's so many yangs. Every time we do a show together, we're talking about a different yang. True. Yeah. It's like there's Wes Yang, and then there was um, Andrew Yang, Andrew and now yang. it's Jimmy, Jimmy O Yang. yang. Yeah. I feel like there's another yang somewhere around there. Um, there's got, like Jeff Yang. Jeff Yang. Um, <laughs> his son Hudson Yang. Wow. There's more yangs out there that we can. Yang Yang, as they say. I guess uh, I wonder if a uh, Darren. Barnett's gonna be the go-to guy when you need an Asian guy, but you don't really want an Asian guy. <laughs> Him and Henry Golding. But Henry Golding looks very Asian, though. Same yeah, with like a Ross he Butler does. or really? I Charles like Melton was... looks more ambiguous. But I don't think he Charles looks Melton ambiguous at all. I think that he looks Filipino as fuck. Possibly Filipino. Think, he definitely thought, doesn't look like East Asian. So the, fully the East very Asian. first time I saw him, I thought that Charles Melton was full Filipino. Mm-hmm. 
The very first time I saw Harry Golding, I thought that he was also full Asian. I didn't know that he was only half. Yeah, Henry Golding and Ross Butler look very Asian. I feel like he looks very half. Who? Like Henry Golding. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I think it depends on the mm. angle, but I, I think definitely maybe something like Filipino or like Southeast full, Asian. Full um, Asian I definitely, to me. I definitely would not buy him as like, say, full Chinese. Uh, he's going to he's going to I think he's going to be very much so a litmus test in that sense. Right. Because people were debating with Crazy Rich Asians whether or not he was passing enough. That that was the whole thing was that he was such he was so on the knife's edge of either side <laughs> that people were like, uh, is this OK or not? But yeah, uh, to me, a- that those arguments were like unbelievable because I'm just like, how can anyone see any of the white in him? Because people do. I, I kind of did. I can't see any of it. I only see Asian when okay. I look at him. Same with Charles Melton. I like. I don't see any of the white. Uh, but I think we can all agree Darren Barnett is just a white dude. He's a white guy. <laughs> he is as white as Darren Chris from Glee, and he's as white as Keanu. I mean, he fooled Mindy Kaling. So, well, yeah. Never have I ever even even made a joke about that. That nobody knows. He is as white as Haley yeah. Steinfeld. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Unexpected early start to to Christmas, Christmasing. Um, I'm actually start to you know replay like christmas piano pieces that I, I play but i refuse to play it without any i mean i usually practice with headphones on anyway but even when i don't i don't want to do it because i don't want anyone to no, hear you should crank I, the volume <laughs> all the way up so that your neighbors can hear it because i don't want them to like, who's that jerk who's like already polluting our airwaves with his uh overly oh uh, they're a bunch of scrooges <laughs> just play but, the charlie brown christmas theme everybody likes that theme it's good yeah, but I, i'm gonna save it until at least december that's my right, that's if, my personal stance i gotta before, wait until december 1st before we wrap up who won the eternals bet oh um y- you did i did i won yeah, yeah. and Liza oh lost. really wow okay oh so Liza owes his drinks now yeah Liza. Right. uh I'm, I'm gonna order the uh you know Oh, remember that guy? Um, this was a few weeks ago, but he went to um, what's it, what's that Turkish steak guy? What's his name again? Salt Bay. Salt Bay. Salt Bay. He went oh to Salt Bay's uh, restaurant, and he was expecting to pay about five thousand for uh, a dinner. I think it was just a couple of people, which is you know it's a really couple ex- of people for five thousand. Well, it's really expensive, but it's also not absolutely insane. But then he got hit mm-hmm. by for a bill for like forty grand, and I looked at what the did receipt. they order. It, it, I looked at the receipt. He his mistake was he ordered a couple of bottles of wine that were like fifteen thousand dollars each. <laughs> I see. Yeah. Uh, well, that's, that's what problem. I'm going to order, Liza. <laughs> I'm going to solve the wine. Go ahead, drink. order it. Order it. Um, I will put it back on your tab. <laughs> uh, all right. So, thanks for joining us for this episode, and we'll um, we'll catch you next time. I mean, lots of maybe there'll be another interesting christmas movie come out and then we can we can do another episode on that whatever it is yeah it's then we movie can put... season though so there's gonna be lots of movies to, for us to to pick apart mm-hmm. yeah. soon if we do a christmas episode we can put those uh fucking um you know those like jingle bells on our intro music you know how they like doing that <laughs> you know what i'm talking about i think it would go well with our, our bamboo um uh uh, intro. For, for oh, you mean, you mean just like just add a bunch of like jingle bell sound effects? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing? yeah. Yeah, that, that, could <laughs> be, that could be good. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right, cool. Thanks for joining me, Liza and Philip. And thanks for you listeners for listening. Well, I said we'll catch you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye. See ya.